0: It's just trying to continuously improve, and marketing is one of those areas that changes all the time, so you need to continuously improve.
1: You're listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast,
0: Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals.
1: Welcome to episode 201 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. Marketing is a huge topic, deep and wide and challenging. And part of the challenge is that marketing is often only discussed in theoretical terms. So I wanted to look at what exactly successful accounting firms do who have nailed their marketing. So in this episode, we will look at the marketing of just one accounting firm, Channel Naylor, who invested substantial amounts of money into their marketing over the years and had a lot of success with it. So I ask Ed Chen, who is the co-founder and executive chairman of Chen and and also the co-founder of Wise Mentoring, I ask Ed what exactly they did and do. your marketing Mm,
0: look like sure? so the first thing is if you want to grow the business some people use a growth model a partnership growth model where they only recruit partners who are finders right so that's one model and that's the majority of the model and i say that's the wrong model because if one of the partners leave or they they get sick or whatever You no longer grow. So
1: that's basically the three ways to grow that you mentioned in the previous episode, where you basically said there are three ways to grow. A, advertising. B, upsell or acquisition. So you're covering the acquisition at the moment.
0: Oh, no. The acquisition is different. Okay, okay so the partnership model is none of those. Oh, okay. Right so they okay, apologies. Yeah they use a model of a partner being a finder. Oh
1: yes of course so it's basically yes. the catcher with the butterfly net who runs Correct. around and tries to get Correct. the
0: butterflies. And yes. that's what most firms do. And I say that's the wrong model. And then the, that butterfly catcher does all th- all these things. Right? And I say that's the wrong model. It's much better to create a garden that attracts butterflies, but it's much more expensive to do that. And it's a hit and miss thing because you can, and that covers number one, which is advertising and digital marketing and social media and all that stuff. So, and again, it's a a hit and miss thing. So if you don't get it right, then you can spend a lot of money there and get nothing in return for it. So it is risky. So you have to know what you're doing, but if you get it right Then it's much, much better. Like at Chan and other, we generate over uh, 10,000 hits a month on our website, and it generates over 2,000 new client leads a year. So, that's just. But
1: how do you get those hits?
0: It's through the the digital marketing.
1: So, Google AdWords.
0: Uh, No, it's not as simple as that. Or (laughs) SEO. It's very, very complicated. It's SEO, it's pay per clicks, it's uh, remarketing, it's a whole lot of. Stuff that I don't even understand.
1: What is so. remarketing?
0: Remarketing is like following up and it's automated. So if you inquired, then it's automatically it automatically follows you with
1: I see. So if somebody leaves their email address to get an ebook,
0: mm-hmm. then the that's,
1: remarketing system would send me an email yes. a week later asking how I'm going. Correct.
0: Getting. And it's automated so you don't have to remember. It's just you'll get an email saying, Would you like this free book? And or you'll get something else. Would you like this free? This and that, and it just constantly uh, mm. follows you up. I'm not a marketing person, so we hire a full time marketing person because it is a specialized area. Luckily, we've got the resources to do that. So Ricky's our head of marketing. She's the manager, if you like. She's the marketing manager that runs all this, and she introduces all those different little strategies, from newsletters to seminars to remarketing to some of the terminology and the. The language, I have. It's like they're talking a different language. So I, I don't pretend I know. that. I just look at the numbers, and I know that the the clicks, or the, I call them clicks. She calls them sessions. The sessions have gone up. So you've got to create. You've got to increase your traffic. You've got to increase the, the, the sessions, and she's done that. And she's done that through various different means, from social media, in writing articles, to posting them in the right place to remarketing to just a whole range of things. It's a full-time role with four people in the Philippines that's just running this thing.
1: And what do the people in the Philippines do? So is that, that are, the five people you have? Because you once yes. mentioned that you have five people in the marketing department. Correct. So it's Ricky, your marketing manager, and she's yes. based in Australia. Yes. And then right. you have four people in the Philippines.
0: Correct. And they do the grinding. You know how I said you need three levels of marketing? you got the grinding, the managing, and the strategy. So they do all the grinding for us. So
1: Ricky does the um, the managing managing and the strategy. Or Uh, the strategy probably also comes through the board.
0: Uh, No, the board has (laughs) no idea about marketing. They just give you a direction. They say, well, we want more of these types of clients.
1: You mentioned that you outsource strategy.
0: Yeah. So we we do a combination of uh, outsourcing with some agencies and uh, other sort of means. And they help us you create a plan and then, you know, together with Ricky's uh, input as well. So it's not it's not a, a black and white thing. You come up with a strategy, you run that strategy, you test it to see if it works. If it doesn't work, you abandon it. You try a different strategy. But what we found was that word of mouth was the best and referrals was the best, digital marketing in the main. Again, it's, it's very difficult to say this or that because it could be your process that you've adopted that's wrong. So if I say, well, digital marketing wasn't as good as word of mouth, it could be that the process of getting the digital marketing was the wrong thing. It wasn't that digital marketing was wrong, it was just that particular you know, strategy that you ran didn't work. So it's very difficult to know. But in the main, after doing this for many, many years, that generated about 30%, digital marketing generated about 30%, 30, 30%, 30, 40%. The best one was always word of mouth.
1: So 30 or 40% means of the people who... Responded to a digital marketing campaign, thirty or forty percent became a client, or thirty or forty percent took the conversation further.
0: No, became became a client. client, Yeah, but
1: that is an amazing conversion rate.
0: Uh, Well, the other conversion rate is sixty percent, which is from word of mouth. Yes. So it's it's not as good as the word of mouth. Um, So we run different campaigns for word of mouth or referral strategies, and she's been trying different things. So not, nothing in particular yet but you know she'll keep trying until she works out what is the best
1: How many years ago did Ricky join you
0: She joined us about 2 years ago but we had another marketing person before that So I
1: see. When did you start hiring a marketing manager when you still just had one office or
0: uh, no we only had one office We've always had a website so we've always engaged somebody outside to you know build the website maintain like, like a um an agency and then we're getting a lot of traffic, well, a reasonable amount of traffic. And then, you know, we had one office and then two offices. And then, you know, when you get three or four or five or six offices, and now 11 offices, you need more traction. You need more like, leads coming through because you're sharing that amongst 11 offices that are just one or two. So then we needed to have more firepower and the digital agencies were too expensive. So then we then hired our own marketer and that was 10 years ago, I suppose. Yeah. And then they used a combination of themselves and the agency to do different things, you know, because we didn't have the resources to do, you know, brochures or design work and that kind of thing. And So
1: did you hire a marketing manager who could do everything, who could do the brochures, the digital marketing, etc.? Because they're different skill sets. Yeah, Designing you, brochures is a different skill yes. set to digital marketing.
0: Yes. No, this guy that we hired just did SEO. Oh, okay. Uh, so he didn't have that skill set. Although he was he wasn't bad. He was, you know, like but he used agencies to do the various different activities that's required. So he so he used those agencies. And then you then gotta weigh it up whether it's cost effective or not and where your return on investment is and so forth. So it was I can't remember exactly, but it was at some stage where he hired a person and then Ricky hired some more people. So it's a it's a progressive thing. It wasn't wasn't just a overnight thing. It was just progressively. You looked at the numbers, you looked at the results, and you looked at what's working, what wasn't working, and and often you don't know whether it's the person that's not doing the thing, or the the strategy you ran's not right, or you know, or what was it? So you know, we've had ten years of just testing things, and um, still haven't got it right. But you know, a lot better than what we used to have. It's a long runway, and you've still got to continue to invest in it. It's like that garden requires it to be maintained, so you've got maintenance cost to maintain that garden. But I think in the main, you know, everybody's reasonably happy with the leads we're getting and the, the growth that we're experiencing, and the you know the group as a whole. I think um, you know the people who are still here is, are still really happy, reasonably happy here.
1: Mm-hmm. The first contact after advertising, the first contact is a phone call, so you get clients to call or you also get clients to email or download an ebook, etc. so it's not just phone.
0: Yes, it's a whole lot of stuff. It's, it's mm. not just one thing. But, see, in accounting and tax, um, Heidi, it's, they only need to do their tax return once a year, so it's a timing thing. So they might see you today, but they're not. they don't need you for another year or they may not need you until something happens with their accountant so when they're ready to change accountants, you need to have done the hard work with them, built the credibility, built mm. the built so the, it can
1: take years
0: take years you know we've had clients that come and said you know you first touched base with me ten years ago and I wasn't ready to change accountants, but I am now can I see someone you know so it's a long runway. it's sowing lots of seeds, it's just constant seed sowing we our database is up to eighteen thousand, which is a combination of prospect database and paying clients now our new clients will come from the prospective database that we're building up so it's when they're ready to change accountants that they'll come over so in the meantime you've got to do these things you've got to build familiarity the brand familiarity you've got to build credibility and then from credibility you build trust and then once you've created trust then when they're ready to change accountants then they'll come over mm-hmm. and that takes years That takes many, 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 many years.
1: So familiarity, credibility, and then trust.
0: Yeah, familiarity, credibility, trust, and then when they're ready to change, then they'll come over.
1: the database before that you have for existing clients and that you're now building up for prospective clients, mm. what software do you use? Well, I assume it's in a CIM, in a customer relationship mm. management it's a, software. It's Salesforce. Salesforce. Yes. yes. But yes. you don't have Salesforce integrated with any other system, do you? You have Salesforce as a standalone solution.
0: We do because it's funny you raise that question. That very question that you ask is what we're working on at the moment because most of our offices, 90% of our offices use a zero. We found that Salesforce integrates with zero. Yes, it does. But it doesn't integrate with zero, with all our firms individually. So our one zero can't integrate with 11 zero offices. you will integrate with one zero office, but not. 11 zero ah, offices. So
1: you have one Salesforce software for all yes. 11 offices, but then you have 11 different zero, zero subscription,
0: subscriptions. And the
1: problem is that Salesforce can't link into 11 different zero subscriptions. Correct. It can only link it to one. To one, yes. Mm. My gut feeling is that it would be possible if you custom yes. design it. I'm, I'm quite sure that a developer that's, could.
0: That's what we're... Exploring at. at the moment. Yeah. yeah,
1: there are specialists who just specialise in Salesforce integrations.
0: Okay, okay. Yes, we, we've been talking to uh, one person, but it's we're still talking at the yes. moment. So it's, yes. it's work in it progress. It takes time. It takes. It's been taking years, but everything works at the moment. So apart from the fact that it's a little bit clunky from zero to Salesforce. But in the main, it, you know, most most of the offices are updating Salesforce. It's just the, the old eighty twenty rule: eighty percent are doing it, twenty percent are not doing it. It'd be nice if we got it integrated and it's digital and it's, you know, it's they don't have to think about it. But eighty percent's working, so it's there's nothing falling through the cracks at the moment. And the twenty percent that's not doing it, it's them that are, you know, they're paying the penalty because they're not doing it. But they can easily do it. It's just changing habits and getting them to you know, follow the process and system. So in the main, it's working. So we're pretty happy with it. So we've, we haven't, it hasn't been a real high priority because it's working in the main.
1: When you meet new clients and they come into the office for the first time, do you have brochures for them? You know, brochures about chain and nailer, et etc. So is paper still an important part of your marketing strategy?
0: Yes, it's one of a whole lot of things, but I think that's still important. So we have books and oh and yes, I saw your books and, at the yeah. uh,
1: reception. Hmm. Yes,
0: so we have those that we hand out, and because people throw business cards out, they don't or brochures, they throw them out, but they don't throw books out. No. So it's a good marketing tool. At one stage, they were generating about thirty percent of our new clients. Because they were being sold through Borders, and this is before Borders went broke, and we used to be in the top 10 business books in Australia. Wow. And for two years, like two years sold, you walk into a Borders, how to legally reduce your tax book was in that top 10 highest selling business book. And uh, because of that, we were getting about 30% of our leads from the book. And then Borders went broke, and uh, our publisher, and I won't mention names or anything, they went broke. (laughs)
1: Oh, your publisher uh, went broke
0: as well. Yes, yes. And then uh it came to a stop for a while. So we were looking for a new publisher and then we're trying to get the books updated. There was a lot going on, so we didn't do anything. Well we're still looking and you know, we're still sort of doing, but there was other pressures that were taking priority. So anyway, long story short, for about four years, I think. Four years just went so quick. Four or five years, we didn't get the books back up. Then we finally found another publisher, started the process with them. A year into it, they went broke. (laughs) So then we had to start again.
1: Why does it take so long? Because once you have the script finalised, you just go to a publisher and say, please print.
0: No, we had to update the book. Oh, okay. Yes, and then each publisher have their own little requirements. and Oh, I see. Yes. And then we're trying to find… So
1: publisher A said, I want all the titles in italic, I mean, just as an example, example, and then they went broke. So then you went to publisher B and they said, we want all the headlines in bold. So then you changed it and then they went broke.
0: Yes. And some of them are both uh, publishers and distributors. And some of them are not distributors, and some of yes. them are just distributors.
1: But the ones who are just publishers, they shouldn't have any say in it because it's your book. They're basically just doing the printing.
0: Yes, but then they had conditions around ebooks, and we wanted to hand, so they wanted to, as an example, they wanted a commission on everything, whether we sold it or they sold it. And we sell a lot through our own website and you know handing the books, and our offices hand out quite a lot of books, like thousands of books, and they wanted a commission on that, which they did nothing for. So, you know, so it goes on and yeah, on. and then
1: you hand them out, you have the cost of printing them, you don't get anything back for the book, and then you also have to pay a commission. Pay,
0: yes, and, you know, unless you're a um, Harry Potter or something like that, you don't make money on the books. Mm. Did you um, look
1: at Singapore? Because I've heard that Singapore has a lot of very good printing companies.
0: Well, we've, we've got it all established now, thank okay. goodness. Oh, after, okay, good. After about five years, so it had many false starts. So it seems to be it's just we just got back into the market now. So I see. Yeah. So the,
1: the one you eventually chose is a publisher and a distributor. Yes. So it, they will distribute it for you. Correct. And just mm. online or also in
0: No, both in book the books, stores? yeah. So uh, if you go to, I'm told... Um, to the airports, I'm told oh, okay. that you know, our books are all there. Yes. there and, um,
1: yeah, I can imagine they would do well at airports.
0: Yes. There's so many different outlets because there's people like Borders who are a really big national thing they went broke because of Amazon and then, then there's the small bookshops and, you know, they're all, it's it's mm. quite complicated. I didn't yes. realise how complicated it was. Yeah. I mean, also you got to get a publisher that will accept your book They accepted three of our books. Especially
1: if they have to distribute it, then Mm. they have to accept it.
0: Yes, they accepted three of our one of them accepted three of our books. We wouldn't accept the fourth one.
1: Which one was that?
0: Um, Well, the one that they wouldn't accept was Good to Great, which was about small businesses. And they said that they didn't think the volume.
1: And I think there's another book that sounds similar. I think there's another book titled out there that sounds very similar.
0: Oh, the Small to Great. It's called Small to Great. okay. was called – no, sorry, that was called Good to Great. Else was called Small to Great. That wasn't the the issue. It was more around they didn't think it would sell because it cost them money to publish and hold the books. So it's quite expensive. You know, like if they – the printers won't print 100 for you to hold or it was very expensive to print 100 if you want to print it at a a cheaper probably you got to print like you know hundreds yeah, 10, yeah. or something yeah. so then they'd have to warehouse that so there's a cost of warehousing and they didn't think that our fourth book would would sell, would sell. Mm. so it's it's commercial around mm. all that so anyway it's just long story short it it wasn't easy <laughs> it was took like 5 years to go from you know stopping with one publisher to finding mm. the the one that would work with us you know so we had to be able to say to him, Look, some would print it and warehouse it. Some said, No, you print it and you have to warehouse it. And then we didn't want to have to pay them royalties for the ones we gave out and the ones that were selling on our own website and our own joint venture partners, our offices. You just were wanted to pay out.
1: costs for those.
0: We just wanted to pay costs, and of course they didn't want to, you know. So it's mm. it's not simple. Yeah. It's quite complicated.
1: So up to ten years ago. You got about 30% of your new clients through your books, hmm. and then that broke away. Did then the other parts of your marketing machine pick up those 30%? So did then online marketing, of course, not immediately, but then did then online marketing fill the gap that the books left?
0: No, it didn't. We went for a period of just trial and error, trialing this, testing that. And seeing if it works and so forth. With
1: online marketing.
0: Yes, all sorts of different things from referral programs to online marketing to SEO to uh, alliance partners. So we had, um, it's just a constant work did in alliance progress. alliance
1: partners work? Yes. Um, because that basically falls under strategic ventures.
0: Correct. <clears throat> but Did that work? Yes, it did, but. You know, the old 80-20 rule that 20% of your customers give you 80% of your profits. Well, that 80-20 rule applies right across the board. So only 20% of your alliance partners gave you 80% of your work and the other 80% were pretty useless. They didn't give you anything. So it was again. It was work in progress. To and then they and would go. Do you still by. have?
1: Do you still have these?
0: Yeah, some of them um, Yeah, they some of them move on. Some of them stay on. Some everybody. It's just a constant changing environment. That's
1: and a, what alliance partners did work well?
0: Um,
1: just, what were the twenty percent that worked well?
0: Just um, we specialize in property. So we. So, so they
1: were property people in the pipeline before you Correct. or after you? Or no, probably before you.
0: Be, before it. So they had their own business. And so it
1: was probably solicitors, real estate agents?
0: Uh, there's a whole range of people from marketing people who marketed properties to developers to um, just any, a lot of like real estate is quite wide. And so we just um, tried to align ourselves with different people. And then some. Like, for example, I've been not mentioning names. Some of them are really big, but they were really useless. Yeah. So I've been not mentioning names. But
1: The proposition was basically if you refer as a client and they actually sign up as a client, then we give you 10% of any fees we collect for the next five years. Well, Something well,
0: like that? No, it's a combination of um, we pay them a marketing fee. Oh,
1: okay. Right,
0: so um, two there's no fee paid so it's just a cross referral so they referred to us and we referred to them so in the main that's what it was I you know I see. so most just,
1: of them was cross referral yeah and yeah. the 20% that worked was that cross referred or was yes. that where you paid
0: no that was cross referred because the benefit to them was that they had a high profile accounting firm because in this market it's quite uh, there's a lot of dodgy players in this market and so it doesn't have a very good which
1: which market the, oh, the property market the
0: property market oh, okay. yes there's a lot of sort of dodgy players in them and they have not had a very good reputation so having Naylor there gave them a different positioning in the marketplace so that helped them so they really wanted chanonella there
1: but they were, you said they were an accounting firm
0: no oh, no, no. they were like a property
1: okay
0: a property organization and because property is not you know, like it's a bit sort of questionable. They liked the fact they aligned with us because we brought some credibility to them. So that was their, their win. Our win was that if their clients needed tax and accounting, they would refer them to us. So they had an outlet.
1: And what would you refer them for?
0: Just our credibility. So we would, you know, we would Write books. With oh, I see. Them. So you
1: basically gave them your brand, yes. and for that, they referred your clients.
0: Correct. So our brand was by association. So if you're on the same stage with someone, if you're on the same book, you know, so then there's association by association. Then they like that association, because so it gave them credibility.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, did you know those people beforehand?
0: Yes, well, I did. see. Yes. So it
1: was it was kind of a personal relationship that you then.
0: Oh, well, wasn't a so wasn't you weren't really friends a before? No, it wasn't a friendship. Oh, okay. It was just that they saw, because it's always business orientated, I mean, they saw value in something and we saw value in something. I don't know who approached whom.
1: It was a clear business alliance. It wasn't that you were already mates before or something.
0: No, I mean, I think one of them, I, I was invited to speak at um, some conference one year and he was invited to speak at the conference, the same conference, and we got to know each other and I suppose you could call it friendship, but... It wasn't really like, you know, a good mate or anything. It
1: was a contact. You're it
0: was a connected. contact, yes. And then um one of these end of these seminars that we were having, we we're having a cup of coffee and we we're just having a bit of a chat I and see. an mm. idea popped up and then I said, Yeah, let's try it and Mm. then it was beneficial for both of us so we just continued doing it and
1: that was the main alliance that worked
0: there was quite a few alliances yes and uh some of them worked really well and some of this one this particular one worked reasonably well so we just continued doing and in the meantime you know we launched our book which helped them and and they launched books as well. So, you know, it was a win-win for both. It was a it was a good arrangement for both. They wouldn't do it unless they were winning yeah, yes, as well. Course. Yes, of both, course. Both partners yes.
1: need to win. Both,
0: both parties need to win, Yeah, Yeah, that worked quite well. So it's a combination of those kind of things. And uh, we continue to look for alliance partners like that. We're negotiating at the moment right now with um, several parties. But that's work in progress. That's it's just constant. I mean, yes. You never know. You're, you're never done. You're never done. That's the word. Yeah, you're never done. And you've most of them, like the eighty twenty rule said, and most of them, are, it's one way. It's theirs. We don't get anything in return because they see accounting firms as a, we've got a big database that they want to sell to. So they want to sell their products to our database because we've got a trusted database and we've got a very good relationship with our clients. So therefore, they want to ride on the back of that trusted relationship to sell things to us. So mainly, 99% of us mainly that way. They hardly give us anything in return. We, we don't take Yeah,
1: then of course you wouldn't agree to that.
0: Yes, correct. So it's a work in progress. So you know, we don't take commissions or things like that, like um, some accounting firms, if they refer a client to a property spruker if you like, and they sell a property to their client, they pick up a great big commission, mm. but we just decide not to do it.
1: If you had to choose one marketing method of everything you do, which one would you, which one would you choose? The books.
0: Well, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know. I think the books are great because it's um, you know it's very personal and it's very effective. But the distribution is very difficult. Not all the bookshops will take your book to sell. You got to find a publisher who sometimes they don't publish your books and if you get a publisher to get to publish your books then they got to find a bookshop they'll take your books not all the bookshops will take mm. your books so it's a long the, runway.
1: The books are they only written by Edward Chen or are they written by Edward Chen and Mr Naylor?
0: Three of the books are written by me and uh, the last one good to great is written by both of us I see
1: yeah. because I can imagine for the brand it's even better if it has both your names on it because your brand has both names on it
0: we've got Shannon all over it so okay. it is promoting Shannon but the difference is it's the author like I authored them I yeah. mean in the good to great book we both authored that so both our names went in there but the other three books I authored it so David would feel a little bit strange if I put him down as an author because yes. he would never wrote the book yes. he didn't yes. even contribute anything to it so yeah. it would be strange But it does promote Channel out throughout it, so he'll everybody will get the benefit of that. But it's just the authorship is Ed Chand because that's actually who. But you got to be truthful on these things.
1: And then the digital marketing—do you know where you spend most of your money You're on SEO, Google AdWords, or Facebook ads, or something else?
0: It's hard to know because we have a team of five and six, six people and it's hard to know because they spend their time right across the board, okay, so it's spend a time getting the yes, books of ready. Yes, of course, it's
1: also the cost of
0: your team. Yeah, the team. So that's that's the, the biggest post, cost. The
1: posts on Facebook are for free, but, of course, you need to pay somebody to do it.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you look at pure costs, the number one so pure paid cost advertising? is...
1: advertising?
0: Yeah, like paid advertising is pure costs, but if, if I just looked at the pure cost and where... Where it was costing us the most, it was probably a combination between labour costs, our team that we've had to hire, then paper clicks
1: on um, Google Ads or Facebook on
0: combination. Google Ads, Facebook, and uh, and I think they they might be doing LinkedIn as well. I think.
1: And do you know what your team works most on? Do you know if your team in the Philippines works most on Facebook or most on LinkedIn or
0: yeah, Facebook and Google Google Ads and. Um, they spend a lot of time on referral. They have referral programs. So they spend a lot of time on creating new referral programs and and that kind of for the officers. But they're not pure costs. That's just their labour costs.
1: How can the team in the Philippines set up a referral system for you?
0: They set up the the process. Ricky will come up with an idea and then they'll do the they'll create the oh, you know, see the, the material refer, the material and all that, yeah. But
1: and then Ricky sends it out to that specific company asking whether they're interested in a referral system.
0: Yeah, she'll go to the offices and she'll say, we've got this campaign going, do you want to be a part of it? They say yes or no and then they implement it for them. So they implement it for all the offices that's a part of our channel and our group. So every year they come up with a different referral program and, and then they test it to see if it works and, you know, so that's a, Constant work in progress. And things change all the time. And
1: do you pay for this referral?
0: Pay for the referral.
1: Yeah. Do you pay for the referral? So if another... Because the referral system is you asking other companies for referrals, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So when other companies do refer clients to Chen and Naylor, do you pay for that? Yes, we do. Okay. So you pay a
0: commission. There is an incentive. You don't accept
1: commission, but you pay a commission.
0: It's more like like last year, for example, we uh, ran a, a free a trip to Bali or somewhere, or Hawaii, and if they refer a client, we would send them but to Hawaii. Oh, okay. To, yeah, something like that. Last year, that's what it was. The previous year was something different, and this year it changed it to – she's still working on it, actually, because it hasn't. last year hasn't finished yet, so she's still running that. She's working on a new one for this year, and she's tried um, – using Australia Post to do a mail drop, and she's done those kind of things. So it's different every year. So, Mm. you know, like it's changing all the time, like especially the digital marketing is changing so fast. And sometimes we've got to get an agency because we're in in a bit of a bubble here. You know, like Shani Luwix for Chan and Ayla, she doesn't know, she doesn't see what's happening outside. Then that space is moving so fast that... You know, sometimes we need to engage with agents to see what's happening see whether we're still up yeah, to date. To talk
1: to the people at the forefront.
0: Yes, so it's not a um, a fixed thing. It's it's just work in progress, moving. You know, constantly and measuring it all the time. I like the digital because I can measure it. You know, and so we can we know the results, so we can put a Google ad in, and then you can measure what the response is and that kind of thing. But you know, you some of the advertising medium you pay for it and you don't know what the results are you know like I think I won't mention names but there was a really big real estate franchise that we paid a lot of money for but they couldn't tell us and we couldn't track it because it wasn't digital so we didn't know how effective or ineffective it was so but I like digital because of that reason you can actually track it and see you know how much results that your money that you're spending and, and so forth. I found that 30% was the digital side. Sometimes it's hard because they might have seen you on your website. They might have seen you at a seminar. They might have read your book. And then when they come into the website, they we ask them where they come from. They'll say internet because that's the last thing that they saw. So they might have th- saw you in all these different places and they go, okay, I want to get in touch with now. So they go to the internet and they Google us. And then we ask them a question and then they put down you know, it's the internet, but it really wasn't the internet. They saw us like four mm. years ago in a seminar. It's not an exact site, so you've got to guess a lot of times.
1: Who goes to the seminars? Who presents at the
0: seminars? Sometimes me. Well, actually, mostly me, um, but then some of the other officers present as well. So I've got one coming up for the IPA, actually. You know, so it's like organisations like that where they've got, you know, a membership that can add value to the membership. Mm. So they and
1: what do you talk about?
0: Oh, all sorts of things. And mainly practice
1: management topics.
0: Yes, mainly practice management topics. Because that seems to be a real hot button for them, because there's lots of providers of tax. There's not so many, you know, from NTAA to Tax Couch to just tax
1: Taxventer,
0: yes. Knowledge Shop. Yes, yeah, right, Knowledge Shop. Yeah, there's there's lots and lots, but there's not that much from practice from management. practice management. And the ones the and guys one is do much them,
1: harder, I find.
0: Yeah, it, it is really hard. And to me, I, without being disrespectful to anybody, I keep saying, you know, it's not what makes you successful. It's not how well you prepare a tax return, but how well you manage your business. That's where the success is. And the people who do practice management, there's not one that is like me in terms of...
1: That they have the experience. They have
0: the experience. There's a few, and I won't mention names, who used to run the practice. They say, oh, I used to run the practice... But just between you and me, they didn't run it very well. That's why they had to sell it. And then they put their hand up to be a coach. But there's no one like me who's turned my business into an investment that pays a passive income that can legitimately say, well, it depends on how you define success. If you define it as selling your practice, then okay, well, they did sell their practice. But I define success as Running as say so pays your passive income that it doesn't drag you into it anymore and then it runs by itself. That's my definition of success. And if you go with that definition, there's no one that's done that except except me. And now Jamie Johns, he's not quite where I am, but he's because
1: he's a lot younger.
0: He's a lot younger, yeah, and his practice is a lot smaller, and he hasn't spent as much time working on his business as I have, because I sort of understood this. I don't know what I said to you or said something else, but. You know, some people look at a bit of paper and they see a bit of paper and for some reason I saw the Mona Lisa and some people look at a a rock and they see a a boulder, but I saw the Statue of David in there and um, for some reason I can do that. When when it comes to running the business and all that. So I started this process a a while ago when I was in my 30s and um, I've spent that much time working on the business, not in. When you build business, you got to build it with complementary skills. You know, one person doesn't have all the skills. Yeah, so on the marketing, um, it's not like accounting where it's black and white, you know. It's a, it's more like English where, you know, you could say it in three different ways and four different ways and, uh, and it's never right or wrong it's just how you feel sort of but the only thing that's really clinical are the numbers but to get with to digital the digital marketing with digital marketing yes and even the books you know the numbers are you know we've got to create the traffic and then i've got to increase the prospective database because that's where our new clients will come from and then the leads so it's those three things that work and you've got to do that together and you've got to do that over a long period of time which is the long runway that I talk about.
1: What's the difference between a lead and a prospective client?
0: Are there different
1: stages in the pipeline?
0: Uh, Yes. Uh, So a
1: lead is somebody who made a first contact to you through your website? Correct. And then a prospective client is somebody who already had some further conversation with you after they became a lead?
0: Correct. Leads are someone who's made contact and wants to see someone. But before that, they're just curious or they're interested or... They just want to read our material and they go into a prospect database. And then when they're ready to change accountants, they'll reach out and they'll say, there's no hard sell. We don't do any hard sell. It's more educational stuff. So it's when they're ready. So it's a very laid back, you know, when you're ready, here we are. Mm. And then they'll reach out. And when they reach out, we call them a lead. So when they reach out to say, can I see someone, then that becomes a lead. But before that, we're building up our prospective database. Oh,
1: I see. So the prospective client is actually before the lead in the pipeline. I thought a lead turns into a prospective client. But no, it's no. actually the, other way, the other way around. A prospective client turns into a lead. To a
0: lead, yes.
1: Oh, I see. So a lead already had some contact. Contact with you. A prospective client hasn't. A prospective client just downloaded the ebook, for example. Or correct,
0: correct. Well, a, I guess that's a contact. read
1: red, red uh, blog post.
0: Yes, or requested to go in our newsletter and that's a prospective database. But when they're ready to do a tax return and they'll say, can I see someone, then that becomes a lead. And then we put them in front of a, a client, manager. client manager or a partner. a partner, mainly the partner, and then um, they either convert them or they don't. And if they don't convert them, they, it goes back onto the prospective database and oh, okay. continue to remarket to them. These prospective database comes from contact with us, like we reach out and we, in social media and all that. And then they make contact, but the contact's quite superficial in terms of I just want this ebook or I want to go in your newsletter or effectively giving us permission to send them something. And then, uh, yeah, the leads are when they actually want to see someone that's called a lead. In the main, I pretty much covered the three things. The digital marketing is one, the mining the database. And then the third one is acquisitions of other firms. And we do all three continuously, like we're continuously trying to find firms to buy. So, you know, I'm talking to eight firms at the moment. Apart from that, no, it's just business as usual. Been doing that for a while. (laughs) It's just trying to continuously improve. And marketing is one of those areas that changes all the time, so you need to continuously improve.
1: Welcome back. So to pursue a successful marketing campaign, you have to tend to many fires. One thing doesn't work alone, but it does in unison with others. And nothing works forever. You need to constantly try new things try and error and just keep going in the next episode episode 202 edward chen will talk about how to buy a parcel of fees until then thank you for listening and thank you to class for their support bye for now and see you in the next episode